Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And welcome back to another edition of the Announcer Schedules Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gill, along with Phil DeMont-Mollin, who, of course, you know him from at Announcer Sketch. You can follow him on Twitter to get all the schedules lined up for uh, the announcers this coming week. This is episode four, I believe, Phil. We're rocking and rolling. we got another guest this week. Last week, John Forslin, the voice of uh, Sports USA Radio for the NHL uh, Eastern Conference Finals. We'll have notes on him coming up this week. We're going to talk to another voice uh, from the NHL playoffs, but he's also the voice of the Jets and PGA, and he's done a bunch of sports, and that's Bob Wischusen. So stick around for that tonight uh, or today or whenever you're listening to the podcast. And don't forget, uh, rate, review, subscribe, Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. But, Phil, another week and a lot of announcer news, man. How are you? Yeah, episode number four. Can't wait to get started. Can't wait to talk to – Bob was choosing later in the show as well. And as always, a lot happening in the world of announcing. There is. And, uh, you know, the announcer's schedule podcast was kind of born, as you said, uh, from, hey, I'm writing all these down. I'm finding all these news. I'm getting all these nuggets. Well, we got plenty of them for you here. So let's jump right in with the return. Bang! Of Mike Breen. Uh, And I got to be honest, it is a difference. I don't know that announcers bring ratings but you felt the game was bigger with Breen. He, he brought it at a different level. I enjoyed having him back. So uh, Breen back in the NBA. Yeah, we talked about it a lot last episode. Uh, Breen missing games. One of two of the NBA Finals missed game seven as well of the Eastern Conference Finals. And he returned for game three. And, uh, you know, uh, Twitter and, and social media and certainly the fans responded. They were really excited to see Breen back real classy gesture from Breen right on the open of the show thanking Mark Jones for his um, you know work um, pinch hitting for Breen and Breen was on uh, with Pablo Torre on an interview um, last week and learned a little bit about kind of his experience with COVID-19 he missed those first couple games of the NBA Finals, and if you're wondering where he was during those games, he watched them from a hotel room in San Francisco, so that's where he was quarantined that whole time, was in the hotel in, in San Francisco, stuck in the hotel. He seemed to say that he kind of went through his usual reps as far as a game day to just kind of stay focused and so he could pay close attention to the game and so forth, but the good news is he was never really that sick, he said. Um, he just kept on firing off these positive tests. I, I guess it was just one of those circumstances where he couldn't uh, get back. But great to see him back for, for game three, um, you know, and certainly a lot of excitement there. And, you know, the, the broadcasts, I, I think, have been, been outstanding throughout. Uh, we have Breen, by the way, just to kind of give you the chills if you want to kind of remember uh, hey, I miss Breen, I didn't see the game, or I just want to hear more Breen. We got a little uh, sample of Breen back in the NBA Finals, uh, and uh, he brought it in Game 5. Rebound Wiggins, got three seconds to get a shot off. Wiggins to pull, pull gets it off in time. Using every possible second, Wiggins wisely gets it a pull. They're going to look at it. That's closer than it appeared in live action, but it, it looks like he got it off in time. It's out of his fingertips right there. That's going to count. What a wild sequence of events after a choppy first half, a thrilling third quarter. It's a one-point game as we head to the fourth. So there's Mike Breen, Phil, as he uh, brought it at a pretty high level in his return. Didn't miss a beat. 
really interesting about that call as well. You know, so that was the end of the, the third quarter uh, there in that past game five. And there was some, you know, uncertainty whether the, the shot was going to count or not. Meanwhile, you could hear the, the music starting from the production truck. Um, he's going to break. And Breen does it masterfully because he's able to communicate what he's seeing with his own eyes, which is that the shot should count. Instead of saying, hey, we'll, 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 we'll figure this out after the commercial or anything like that, he's doing this on the fly, you know, just using his own instincts and his own judgment. And then also there's a, you know, a producer um, in his ear probably. They're going to break. The music's playing. Commercial's about to start. And he gets all the information in. And plus, as you said, had that, you know, exciting call as well. Um, just, you know, brilliantly done in my, in my opinion. And, you know, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, the inflection in his voice there. And, hey, sometimes you're just born, born with those pipes. Uh, and he doesn't hit too high. He nails it perfectly. And you know, Phil, you've been – uh, in those situations, in those broadcasts, so you know what's going on in their headsets. Uh, hey, stay here. Keep it here. We're going to do this. There's a lot happening that you can't hear go out over the air uh, that these guys have to deal with and try to talk sometimes as someone's talking in their ear. Yeah, it, it really is a, a skill, and, um, you know, he really well done there, no doubt, on some some tough circumstances. Not to mention, it's on the home court of the Warriors, and the place is going absolutely ballistic. So just from a noise standpoint, you know, to kind of keep your thoughts straight and also, you know, be able to listen to everyone you have to listen to, um, really well done. Uh, one other note, Mike, I just wanted to bring up on the NBA, ESPN Radio, you know, they, they've been doing a, a, a great job. But um, P.J. Carlissimo did miss a couple games. Um, unfortunately, uh, the passing of his brother, uh, he missed games three and four, um, you know, to, to take care of, of that on the family side of things. Um, and he was back for game five, which was sensational. And I got to tune into some of this. I was, I was on the road and listened to Mark Kestisher and, and Doris Burke and P.J. Carlissimo as the analyst and it was an excellent show uh i mean i really learned a lot in a short amount of time and when i got home and got to watch the second half on television it was like i had a whole other perspective as far as you know what especially what uh, burke and carlissimo were able to kind of train me to to kind of look out for for the rest of the game so really well done with that crew kessischer burke and um Monica McNutt as well uh, with PJ Carlissimo as an analyst. Uh, Kevin Winter handles the the studio work on those broadcasts. So just wanted to give a hat tip to ESPN Radio and great to see PJ Carlissimo back. But you know he was in our thoughts as he was uh, taking care of the uh, family business. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I had Monica McNutt on my show here on 97.3 ESPN in Atlantic City. If you're uh, one of my regular listeners on the radio, I welcome you to the podcast. And if you don't know, um, that's where I host a daily show. Monica was on, great guest, ton of energy, great insight. I really like her as part of ESPN's basketball. But Kestisher is a guy who you're right, on the radio, if you don't listen to the games on the radio, I don't think you realize how good of a job he does because he doesn't get the TV reps, so he's not as well-known. But Kesher, really good on radio. I listen to him a lot when I'm in my car. Yeah, it paints the picture so well. You you really feel like you're, you're getting every detail that you need, no doubt about it. And, you know, we've talked about it before. It, you know, it's a, it's a different skill set and, and a different approach, I guess I should say, when it comes to calling a game on radio versus TV and really providing all those details. All right, uh, and uh, that is continuing. We drop on Thursday morning at 6 a.m., so you're hearing this now. If you want to listen to the game on radio Tonight, find it in your local market. And uh, I think, um, you know, I do have the Kestisher call. Uh, I think I might be able to get that. Maybe. We'll see if I can get that by the end of the show here to compare his call with what we heard from Breen. That might be fun. All right. Let's go to uh, NHL. Last week, John Forslin, Sports USA radio broadcast. He also did some TV. Uh, he does the Seattle Kraken. Uh, but he will continue to be a part of the Stanley Cup Finals, which begin 
on Wednesday. We record on Wednesdays. We drop Thursdays. Uh, but John Forslund will be on radio. What do we know about TV? ESPN is back in hockey. Who's getting the call? Yeah, a- ABC. These games are all on ABC, by the way, which is interesting as far as being on the, the big network. Um, game one, you know, as we're recording, will be tonight um, on Wednesday. But if you're listening to the show on Thursday, it would have been the, the night before. But ABC for these games, uh, Saturday, game two in Denver. And, you know, the crew that you've been seeing throughout the season on these uh, packages, Sean McDonough, Ray Ferraro, and Emily Kaplan once again, on the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, just like they did the uh, Eastern Conference uh, Finals as well. So it'll be interesting to see that approach. Perhaps ESPN and, and ABC will kind of ramp things up even further, you know, now that we're on to the finals. But looking forward to that as well as the radio call. All right. Uh, and by the way, uh, we talked to John Forslund. If you want to check out that interview, you can go back and get that. Uh, check out the Sports Media Watch podcast feed. Go to the Announcer Schedule podcast, Episode 3, and you'll be able to get that in there. Uh, I did get the call from Kestisher. Uh Do you want to hear that, Phil? Should I play the yeah, Kestisher let's go call for it, here? Sure. I'm doing this on the fly. I'm producing this on the fly. Let's see if my skills work. Here we go. Wiggins at half court, gives it up to Poole, launches the three, and it goes in! Second time in these finals, Jordan Poole beats the third quarter clock with a desperation three. All right, that's Mark Kestrister's call on the radio side. Uh, you can hear the excitement. Good call by him as well. I give him a, a good stamp of approval on that. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You know, you could, like you've been saying, the inflection of the voice, the excitement, and uh, good job by that uh, audio engineer as well, mixing in the crowd noise. All right, uh, NHL, NBA, uh, this is the Announcer Schedules pod. We are looking at all the different announcers and what's going on. No football happening right now, but we do have football news, Phil, as uh, we've got Drew Brees, Jason Garrett, who you've been hearing on the USFL. He's got a bigger role, it looks like. Yeah, so some more news since we talked last, and you know, we keep on saying, when are these musical chairs going to finally uh, complete and uh, settle in? But um, Drew Brees, it seems like it's official, you know, no doubt about it. The NBC Sports chairman spoke to the Associated Press about it and confirmed that Brees will no longer work at NBC. Um, still unclear whether he'll wind up someplace else in terms of broadcasting uh jason garrett who we've been seeing on the usfl um the former nfl coach former cowboys coach um he's set to replace drew Brees at least on the studio show and that's according to the new york post and we'll see if that also translates to perhaps the notre dame tv analyst gig as well as that number two uh nbc uh, playoff gig that we talked about before that Al Michaels would be the play-by-play. You know, we're, we're still not sure there that there, we haven't found out who that um, spot's going to be filled with yet. So, you know, s- certainly things to continue to keep an eye on there with the Breeze and Garrett news. Uh, and speaking of Garrett, he's been doing USFL games. Uh, if people have been watching USFL, you've heard Garrett. Uh, who else have we been hearing? How's that been going? Uh, any of these broadcast things that you think have been cool, unique, that maybe the NFL is looking at? Yeah, you know, it's it's been interesting. I've caught a few of the broadcasts. You know, they've been doing some different things in terms of, like, kind of open mics throughout the, you know, playing field, uh, whether it's, you know, mics on the players or mics on different coaches. And it seems like they've gotten better with it as the weeks have gone on. Uh, you know, week one, it was a little bit jarring because there was just so much noise happening from so many of these different open mics. But now they're heading into week 10 of their schedule, uh, home stretch, last games of the regular season. Uh, then the semifinals uh, will be on June the 25th on Fox and NBC, then the championship on Sunday, July the 3rd. Um, you know, NBC and USA Network have been broadcasting number of the games, uh, Jock Collinsworth and Paul Burmeister doing a lot of the play-by-play work. We mentioned Jason Garrett, so, you know, it might be a, a chance for, you know, NBC to really figure out uh, what they have in him. Also, uh, Michael Robinson, who's on the NFL Network quite a bit, uh, he's been an analyst with Burmeister. So I think, you know, I, what I'm seeing here is kind of combining 
veterans and, and guys who've been around a little bit with, you know, some of these new talents and, you know, maybe getting some reps for some guys and at the same time seeing uh, what, you know, perhaps the future may be for some of these talent. Uh, Kurt Menefee and Joel Klatt, you know, certainly familiar voices on the Fox side of things. I saw Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez do a game the other day. Um, and then some of the reporters um, have been um, you know, fairly new faces as well. Zora Stevenson on USA Network. I had seen her a bunch during college basketball on USA Network's package, but first time I had seen her work a football game. And also on Fox, Devin Gardner and Joshua Perry, who are a couple up-and-comers, looked like they were getting some reps as well on the sidelines. So interesting opportunity, not just to try out these new technologies, you know, helmet cams and, and things like that, but, you know, certainly uh, get some of these announcers um, you know, some additional reps and maybe work in some of these different combinations in terms of pairings. Uh, you mentioned Kevin Kugler. Uh, we have a, I have a friend who knows Kevin. We're going to try to recruit him to be a guest on the announcer scheduled podcast. We're working on that. So, and by the way, I love last week, you counted the amount of announcers we mentioned. What was it? Over 60. So I'm going to have to subtly throw in some more. So you have to keep counting, Phil. How's that? Yeah, this could be a, a quite the large running total <laughs> if we keep it going. Um, hey, one other note on, on the on football before we, we move on. There was an article um, this past week, which is a real good analysis if you're into the sports business side of things from front office sports. And uh, this was penned by Michael McCarthy and A.J. Perez, who've both been covering this kind of thing for a long time. And it's pretty eye-opening when you when you read it and you think about the following over one billion dollars that's a billion in nfl announcer salaries have been divvied out over the past 27 months and what's interesting about that total not just the the billion dollars which certainly <laughs> will get anyone's attention but 27 months and you know what that equates with the start of the pandemic that was 27 months ago. Good point. And February of late February of 2020 was when the big Romo um, deal was announced. The 18 million dollars per year with CAA, um, you know, negotiating that uh, with CBS, and that kind of started this, you know, just insane, um, you know, arms race of announcers. You know, whether it be Aikman and Buck to ESPN and Michaels and Herb Street to Amazon and, you know, on and on and on. And then the biggest of them all, Tom Brady to Fox and guys like Brady and Aikman and Romo are set to make much more money as announcers than they did as quarterbacks in the NFL. So this story, I, I urge folks to read it, uh, Front Office Sports. It really goes deep as far as kind of the how and the why that this all happened. But it's really worth mentioning again just how unprecedented of a, you know, um, we talked about it, silly season we've had in terms of announcers and, you know, not only, you know, musical chairs, but landing these enormous contracts. I feel like I need a new agent. Maybe I can uh, work on my pay uh, from my play-by-play -play gigs. All right, Phil, let's go to uh, very interesting. We have the PGA this weekend, one of the majors. Live golf last week. A lot of back and forth. U.S. Open, I should say. Uh, one of the uh, golf majors not run by the PGA. This is USGA that runs it. So the live golfers are on the tour this week. A lot of news happening there, but the broadcast for Live exclusively on social media, YouTube platform, and then, of course, you have uh, the, the U.S. Open this week as uh, the big kahuna, we'll call that, for CBS. Yeah, Live Golf uh, last week, their broadcast, uh, we talked about it a little bit, YouTube and, and Facebook. Um, I checked out a very, very small portion of it, just saw it for a moment. I know they're doing things like Shotgun Start and things like that. Um, Arlo White handling the play-by-play the -play duties there. But, you know, it's been such a hot-button topic, you know, throughout the sports world and, you know, throughout, you know, really, you know, the, the general news cycle as well. It'll be real interesting to see how the NBC 
uh, crew approaches it this weekend. And, you know, Mike Tirico, the host, um, you know, certainly has handled things like this before. You know, he's been on Olympics coverage and things like that where politics might, you know, overlap with the sport. So it'll be interesting to see NBC's take. Um, I know CBS last weekend with Jim Nance had um, the PGA commissioner on, you know, for an interview to really kind of, uh, you know, get to some of these uh, topics and see the PGA stance. But, but like you said, you know, this major's uh, not a PGA event. So, you know, as far as who runs it and, you know, the, the live golfers will be there, but Tariko, Dan Hicks, Terry Gannon, uh, Paul Azinger, Justin Leonard, you know, so a lot of familiar faces on that NBC crew, and uh, it'll be real interesting to see how how it all goes down, how they approach this topic in specific. Yep, uh, the U.S. Open uh, this weekend, so you've got the the you know the heavy hitters from NBC covering that. Tarico's voice, of course, he'll be Sunday night football as well, and he gets the golf majors. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Uh, let's go over to baseball, which is now getting into the summer season. And Joe Davis, the new voice of the World Series on Fox, we kind of got our first chance of uh, you know highlighting him here on Announcer Schedule Podcast. Yeah, so Joe Davis, you know, got the the big call up when Joe Buck went from Fox to to ESPN along with Aikman for that Monday night football job and Joe Davis now the number 1 baseball play-by-play voice, the number 1 team, Davis, John Smoltz and Ken Rosenthal and uh you know, Davis I think is going to do a, a great job, you know, he he's called Dodgers games forever, you know. Hey, he stepped in for Vin Scully. You know, so so if you succeed Vin Scully, um, you certainly have handled uh, a big load, no doubt, if you've been able to pull that off. Um, you know, certainly no one can fill those shoes, but but Davis has, has, has certainly gotten the job done. And, you know, at the same time, you know, he he, he kind of has that feel of Fox and of baseball and, and kind of the big games and that kind of thing. I, I think it's a good fit. Well, that's sample Joe Davis, Fox Sports, Major League Baseball. Here we go. This one hard. Left center field. Aaron Judge again. Of, a lot of letting it breathe there, Phil. A quick call, let it breathe a lot. Joe Davis, Fox. Yep, economy of words and, and uh, let the pictures do the talking for a TV broadcast, the, the sights and the sounds. And, um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see Davis, Smoltz, and Rosenthal, you know, throughout the regular season on, on some of these big games on, on Saturday nights on Fox. Uh, and, you know, look forward to seeing them during the, the playoffs and World Series as well. Okay, let's uh, talk about a couple of local announcers over on our uh, network, uh, Sports Media Watch podcast. George Offman, uh, tell me a story I don't know. Uh, he caught up with the play-by-play voice of the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, last week we had John Forslund said he almost went to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now we're going back to Tampa. Uh, Dave Willis is the voice there. Let's give you a little highlight, a little sample uh, from a clip that you can hear on George Offman's podcast with Dave. And uh, here you go. Take a listen, and you can hear the full interview over on the Sports Media Watch podcast feed from George on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Here you go. So my name came up. This is early December. They call me up and they said, uh, Dave, we'd like you to apply for the double raise job. I said, all right, well, let me think about it. Came back to Chicago, spent the week. And then I just thought to myself, you know what? These are one, There's only 30 of these gigs in the world. 
And, you know, I know the Devil Rays aren't a great team right now. And the other thing that was leaning on me, though, is that my wife and I had just purchased a house in Orland Park that was three blocks from her older sister, three blocks from her younger sister, and a mile from her mom. And before, you know, anybody starts joking, well, aren't you dying to get out of that area? I, I loved her, her. Her mom was, if every mother-in-law was like her mom, there wouldn't be mother-in-law jokes. And uh, and then mm. her two sisters are are tremendous. And so uh, we, we took this house, we knocked it down to the studs, and we built it back up to all of our specifications. And I remember my brother-in-law, who's the builder, working with me on it. He kept on saying, Dave, are you going to be here for two years? Or are you going to be here for 30 years? And I said, Tom, we, we're not moving. This is our dream house. And so everything we did was the plan to be there for 30 years. So finally move in in early October. And now this is December, and I'm hearing about the double rate job. So like I said, I sat in it for a week, finally sent it in. And I, I probably late, turned out it was late. And I, I heard the story later on that they had just convened their group and had lowered the number from 300 tapes down to the final 10 when that group broke up. And about five minutes later, the mail guy came walking by and said, hey, uh, you know, I think this is for you. It might be another CD. And out of the kindness of this guy's heart, he popped it in the CD machine and listened for a couple minutes. And then he called the group back together real fast and said, I think you guys might want to listen to this because uh, I think he's as good as the final 10 that we have here. And sure enough, I became the, the 11th of the final 10. And then went in for the interview, and uh, it was a day where I had left Chicago after doing a UIC game on a Thursday night where, like, two inches of snow was coming down on a Friday. Land in Tampa. It's 75 degrees and sunny. Uh, I'm thinking about mid-December mid or mid-January it was, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is nice. And then come back to Chicago Friday night, and I'm in a car driving up to Green Bay in a whiteout the next morning uh, with my partner, Dick Nagy, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't think they have to worry about this in Florida. So it took about a week or 10 days to finally get the call back from the, uh, from the devil rays. But I remember getting the call on February 1st, it was uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. I was vacuuming my family room, answered the phone. They offered me the gig, drove to my wife's office and walked into her office with a double race hat and a double race jacket. And uh, she said, you're being a bit presumptuous, aren't you? I said, Nope, I got the job. And uh, she started crying and cried. I think for most of the, most of the rest of the day because she wasn't ready to move. But uh, mm. after everything kind of worked out and after coming down here a couple of times in February to look for housing, I remember one time pulling into our garage in Orland Park and she looked at the snowblower and the shovels and she said, uh, I guess we're not going to need those again. And uh, that's when I knew she was no pun intended, warming up to the idea. And now, honestly, um, if I were to ever, you know, like you mentioned about going back to the White Sox, not that that'll ever happen, but uh, she kind of jokingly once said, if that did ever happen, you'd have to go without me. <laughs> All right. Dave Wills, the uh, voice of the Devil Rays, minor league baseball, mid-major college basketball, and he's been the Rays voice since 2004. Good little story. You can hear the full interview on George Offman's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. And uh, that's a pretty unique story there. Yeah. Great interview and, and great storytelling as – always on George's podcast with Dave Wills of the Rays. And, you know, my big takeaway after listening to George's show this week with Dave, you know, is just how rare these jobs open up, you know, as far as these team play-by-play -play, uh, roles and, you know, these booths when it comes to radio or TV, whether it be Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, you know, so many of the teams have had broadcasters for decades who have just you know settled into these roles and you know wills and his partner andy freed are in their 18th year they've been there since 2005 and the the tv voice of the rays Dwayne stats um uh, you know old espn viewers of the college world series may remember uh Dwayne stats he's been there since the inception of the franchise in 1998 so when these jobs open up, it's a big deal, you know, and, you know, a lot of people are gunning for them and certainly uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on it whenever these openings um, do happen and, you know, who slides into those roles. Well, and we discussed last week, some of these guys are starting to get a little older and backing off a little bit to uh, maybe open the crack of the door for some broadcasters. You mentioned 1998, the inception of 
the Diamondbacks, where uh, there's also some news there. The only broadcaster they've ever had is taking a little bit of a leave, stepping back from calling games. Uh, George Schulte is the voice there. He was on the call, if you remember, when they won their only World Series. Uh, we have that call. It's one of my favorite of the week. We'll throw that in there. Game 7 of the 2001 World Series. This was the radio Trent, call walk up to that uh, like, we have uh, from George, who's taking a little step back. He was taking a little step back from doing the road games, and now he's taking the step back from doing the home games as well. But many of you listening will remember this call. Digs into the plate, and a little scooper. There you go, Luis Gonzalez uh, with the uh, game winner there. Uh, he was on the call in 1998. He's been the only voice that they've had, Phil. Yeah, um, you know, wishing all the best to, to Greg Schulte. Um, he's undergoing chemotherapy treatment and, and having to, to step back. And, uh, you know, like we said, you know, the fans are, are so used to these voices all these years, you know, hearing the, the, the same voice that um, – you know, these jobs are hard to come by and, you know, these folks really settle into the, these roles. But, um, you know, all the best to, to Greg and his family. OK, so that was one of uh, best calls of the week there. We've got a couple of other ones uh, that we want to highlight for you here um, as we continue on here on the announcer schedule podcast. Don't forget, you can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe is the easiest way to do it because. When you go to your podcast feed, it'll alert you, hey, there's a new one out from either George or TJ and John on the Sports Media Watch podcast or the Announcer Schedules podcast. Uh, and don't forget, coming up, we've got um, Bob Washusen, the voice of the Jets, PGA Tour, NHL, college basketball. Uh, I think he does it all. You, you'll hear his story coming up in just a little bit here. But we have some favorite calls of the week here, and uh, we're going to start one off uh, I guess we'll go to the motorsports world, Phil. What do we have there? Yeah, so this past weekend was a big one um, on a couple of levels. It was up in uh, Sonoma, California. Final race of the year for the Fox uh, schedule of NASCAR Cup Series races. So, you know, Mike Joy on play-by-play on -play there and, you know, that, that great crew at Fox as far as their NASCAR coverage. They're going to uh, hand over – the Cup Series to NBC, who will take over the schedule on June 26 at the Nashville Speedway. And some big news over the weekend as far as the race winner, Daniel Suarez became the first Mexican-born uh, racer to ever win a NASCAR Cup Series race. And, you know, as someone who, who's worked in the sport before and actually, you know, worked on some of these uh, diversity programs within NASCAR. This is a big deal as far as Suarez winning this race and no one documented it better than the Fox Deportes crew of Tony Rivera on play-by-play -play, along with Jesse Lozada and Giselle Zarul Masise. So they did a great job bringing home the excitement and I think we've got that call, right, Mike? I got it right here. Here we go. Cinco segundos sobre Busher, no lo va a alcanzar. Suárez se la va a llevar. Daniel Suárez será el ganador. Se encuentra la 11. Por última vez, cambio de toma, por favor. Acá está, le espera la 12. La recta principal. Venga Suárez, venga Regio. Daniel Suárez se la lleva, papá, que te digo. Daniel Suárez, ganador. Suárez logra su primera victoria en Cup. Suarez wow. gana en Sonoma. Suarez, ganador en Cup. Qué emoción wow. estar viviendo ese momento después de tantos años de esfuerzo, el salir de su país, el no saber ni siquiera hablar inglés y ahora estar ganando su primera carrera en NASCAR Cup Series. Felicidades, Daniel Suárez. Felicidades, mexicano. ¡Vamos! Qué momento, qué momento para Dani Suárez, el, el ganar y finalmente probar la victoria en la categoría máxima de NASCAR, una merecida victoria, brillantemente manejado esta, esta carrera y se puso en una excelente posición ahí al final, el equipo respondió y, y Tony, esto es una victoria que queda para la historia, ¿no? All right, there you go, Fox Deportes with the call. 
uh, for a, a historical event right there. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You know, there was a big uh, fan section of Suarez supporters there, and, you know, Fox Television kept on, you know, panning over to them as well. But, you know, b- big, big news on the international side of things and, and for the sport, and, uh, you know, those guys did a great job uh, bringing home the call. All right, uh, here we go. We've got another one, and this is uh, the king of all sports uh, back in the day. Uh, for those of you who are still following horse racing, uh, the Belmont Stakes, if you missed it, was this past weekend. I know we didn't have that triple crown uh, feel for the Belmont, so it might have got lost in the sauce for some, but this call should not get lost in the sauce. Uh, Larry nailed it again, so let's give him another opportunity to, uh, for you to enjoy Larry Colmus on the call at the Belmont Stakes. Belmont Stakes, NBC Sports. Come up to the next of We the People and Mo Donegal comes charging up on the outside and they're into the stretch and Mo Donegal has taken the lead as they arrive from the final furlong. Nest has moved up into second, then We the People and Skippy Lawnstocking. It is going to be Mike Rapoli on two. And Larry, as always, he hits it hard at the end there. And uh, it's so funny to listen to them do some of these calls. Yeah, some of the names of these horses, he's got to stay focused by throwing in Pippi Longstocking. And, you know, he's famous for the call at Monmouth Park. You know, my wife doesn't know. My wife knows. I don't know how he keeps his focus with some of these names, but Larry nails it again. Yeah, not only keep yourself from, you know, chuckling on air with some of these names, but just the, you know, multiple syllables, you know, some complicated names that you got to get just right. And, you know, you're doing that, you know, in just uh, perfect tempo. So another one from uh, Larry Colmus, no doubt about it. Right. Uh, And uh, Larry, of course, uh, on the Belmont Stakes there. So the big three horse racing events uh, in the books this year. Uh, for NBC Sports, so there you go, uh, Larry Colmus on the call, and uh, I'd like to try to get Larry on the on the podcast if we can at some point. We're going to try to make that happen. We've got back channels working for all sorts of angles. If you're an announcer out there and you want to be on the pod, you let us know. We've got Bob with Shoes in coming up on this pod this week uh, here in just a few, but before we get to uh, Bob with Shoes in, uh, let's get some other news nuggets to clean out Phil's notebook here, if you will. We'll kind of have the you know the final segment of uh, clearing out Phil's notebook, some of the little nuggets and news that you found this week over at Announcer Skeds on Twitter. If you're following that um, Twitter handle, you might uh, get some news nuggets, and you'll know who's calling all of these games, even if we missed a game or two on the podcast. Yeah, you know, the first one that comes to mind is uh, congratulations to Debbie Antonelli. Uh, Debbie was inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame and, uh, you know, certainly a, a huge honor for her. But, you know, what I didn't realize was just how long she's been in the broadcasting game. 34 seasons calling college basketball, Debbie Antonelli. You know, mainly on the women's side, but CBS has been using her as well, you know, especially come uh, March Madness time in terms of analysis on the men's side as well. And, you know, just does a phenomenal job, has been a great ambassador of the sport of women's basketball as well, both on the college level as well as the WNBA. So big congratulations to Debbie Antonelli. Uh, I do want to throw in, and congratulations to Debbie as well. Enjoy her work. Uh, We uh, didn't mention, let's go back up to the NFL real quick, a couple preseason crews because, Phil, uh, people, you know, preseason uh, NFL football doesn't have hometown television crews for the regular season, so their radio announcers are really the uh, rock stars in those markets, if you will, Uh, but they do have hometown announcers for preseason games where they have home crews call preseason those games are generally not on network few are but those three game slates they're down to three now not four thank gosh are broadcast in the home markets by the home crews so we're getting a couple of those yeah that those news are starting to come out as far as those preseason crews and you know they're typically um, guys who are really familiar with that local market, maybe natives. So, you know, sometimes you see some of the network names do that as well as far as some, you know, secondary work for them. The one big announcement this past week in terms of a brand new crew was uh, the Cleveland Browns named Chris Rose 
and Joe Thomas, their new booth. Uh, Chris Rose is a native of Cleveland. Uh, he's done a lot of national work, especially in the studio. Uh, he'll handle play-by-play. And then Joe Thomas is a uh, former All-Pro Browns offensive lineman. So we'll see him in the booth as well. And I believe there was some news up in uh, your neck of the woods, right, Mike, on uh, the Eagles broadcast? Yeah, Ross Tucker is going to be back on uh, color commentary. He's been doing it the last couple of years. Uh, Scott Graham generally does the play-by-play Dave Spadaro he is the uh, website uh, insider, if you will. And these are really training grounds for the networks to kind of scout out guys. Uh, you'll see a lot of these guys get opportunities sometimes, you know, maybe on a lower Fox or CBS game. They get a chance to get some reps in these preseason games. And I know Ross Tucker, I think he does some Westwood One uh, calls on the radio side from time to time. Um, actually, more often than not, I think he's he's in the rotation of – um, I don't know. Just, we have to look this up. Does the radio have a specific team for Thursday, Sunday, and Monday? I think they changed them up a little bit. As far as Westwood One Radio? Yes, the Westwood Run Radio has the Monday night, Thursday night, and Sunday night calls. But I don't know that the same team does them every single week. Yeah, I, I think Harlan is pretty much always on Mondays. Right. I, I believe, you know, Kevin Harlan, but, um, you know, it, it might vary a bit, you know, throughout we'll have the season. to look that up right. because I do think it has – I think they used to have specific teams, but I have noticed because I put the promos together for our radio station because we carry them, and I do notice different names. You know, some weeks it's Kurt Warner, Ross Tucker, Ron Jaworski was in the mix last year. Now, there's a little nugget for you. Ron Jaworski, whose contract – you know, he was doing Monday Night Football – his contract has finally kind of ended from that Monday night football contract. So you'll start to hear him start to do some more broadcasting, I think. I think he was kind of uh, prevented from doing that from his Monday night football contract. So you'll hear stuff like that. Kevin Kugler, I think, does some games. Uh, Ryan Radke, his name is in the uh, football mix. I saw you tweet him out for something. What was Ryan Radke doing this past week? Um... Boy, that's was it a, a good college question. baseball so much, game. Yeah, he has so many tweets, you know, fly out of that announcer's kid's, uh, Twitter feed. I'm trying to think where. Which, Radke... by the way, uh, while you're thinking of that, you know, I love following at announcer skids. That's S K E D S. You can follow there, and the amount of you know young play-by players and uh, very talented play-by players who follow along on Twitter and then react. You know, they'll quote tweet uh, Phil's tweets and get a good chance to see what they're thinking. And all that. All right, let's get a good chance to think what Bob Wachusen is thinking because he is our guest this week on the Announcer Schedules podcast. John Forslund last week, NHL voice on sports uh, USA Radio. Bob was calling some TV NHL, but on, on top of that, uh, he got a laundry list of things that we can announce him at. We'll ask him what he likes. Jersey native. Um, he's done radio um, hosting, uh, similar to what I do here. Uh, he's the voice of the Jets, PGA, college basketball, NHL. And uh, we're going to bring him in to the announcer schedules podcast. Mike Gill, Phil DeMont-Mollin. And there he is. Bob Wischusen is with us here on the podcast. Bob, welcome. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Good to have you with us. And, uh, what is Bob Wachusen? Is he the voice of the Jets? Is he the voice of golf, NHL, college basketball? When someone says, hey, Bob, nice to meet you, what's Bob's resume in your mind? Um, he's the father of five kids, one of which is in college, and apparently the other four, from what I'm told, want to go. <laughs> so I am, yeah, I, I'm have check, will travel, like it's- whatever they want me to do. And, um, I'm in. And I'm glad you, you kind of went down that road because it's a busy life. Uh, how do guys like you who, you know, your your voice is everywhere, how do you make it all work? How do you put the puzzle pieces together? How do you look at – do you do that? Do you have someone that does it for you and say, hey, I'm available on these days. I can't go here. I'm available there. Bring us into uh, what the travel uh, mind for a guy like Bob and is like during the seasons. Yeah, I mean, it's a cooperative effort, obviously. I work for ESPN and the Jets, but it's not like I work for, you know, ESPN college football and then doing like a regional NHL and then work for Fox for college basketball. I mean, 
at least I'm under one umbrella for everything I do but the Jets. So at least then someone says, well, hey, I've got a game for you on Friday night. Well, no, I'm already working a game on Saturday. I'm not working for a different entity where I'm going to make somebody angry. I'm working for the same company. So it's just kind of up to them to talk to each other about where I can be and who needs me the most. And I, I rely on them. Yeah. You know, you guys prioritize. If, if you feel like the hockey this week is more important than the college basketball, then that's what I'll do. And so, um, you know. Now, did they get your input on that, Bob? Like you had uh, the golf and you had the hockey. Do they ask you? Which would you prefer, or do they prefer you on one over the other? Uh, I, I think sometimes the question is phrased kind of, you know, what are you thinking here? And my response is, well, what are you thinking? Meaning you guys are the ones <laughs> determining, you know, what I'm assigned to and what I do. And I always tell them, wherever you think I can be best utilized, whatever you think is the higher priority, then that's where I'll be. And so luckily enough, Mike McQuaid, who is – um, one of you know the, the best producers I've ever worked for uh, is in charge not only of the NHL project but also the once a year golf project that uh, that that group really loves to be involved with. So you know, easy with him because I can say, well, you you put me where you think you can best utilize me, and he runs both projects. So there's not too much crossover. I mean, obviously, football by virtue of the resources dedicated to it the number of eyeballs on it, it takes precedence for the most part over everything, right? I mean, that makes sense. It's, it's a huge project. It's a week-long undertaking to get ready for a college football game. So if there's college basketball or NHL that conflicts with college football, the college football 99% of the time is what they will prioritize and therefore what's prioritized for me. But past that, it's kind of a cooperative between the different departments. You know, I work college basketball with Dick Vitale every Saturday, pretty much, and sometimes during the week. All right, well, will that overlap with some hockey? Well, yeah, it will. So how do you balance that? Well, you know, you kind of leave that to the powers that be at ESPN to balance it. Bob, I'd love for you to reflect back on your early days as well. You know, Boston College, class of 1993, along with Boog Shambi and Joe Tessitore, but then WQAM at Miami. I'm a Miami native. I was listening in 1993 when you got started there at 560 WQAM. I heard all those updates and in that Thanks. kind of thing and uh, <laughs> loved listening to that that radio station, Hank Goldberg, on down the list. But would love to hear um, your story as far as Boston College, you know, getting that first gig at WQAM and how it kind of uh, manifested from there. Well, it's it all stems from doing the internships that I did when I was in college. I mean, it's every time I speak to, and if I were right now to speak to a class of prospective communication students or, you know, people that are trying to get into this business, uh, one of my bosses at WFAN, Eric Spitz, who I interned for and then eventually ended up working for, always, I thought, like, really kind of crystallized, at least when I was coming up, the way internships were viewed. And he said, look, internships in our business are med school for a doctor, law school for a lawyer. Like they are really that important in terms of just getting your jumping off point. And so I interned at WFA in New York at WEEI in Boston when I was at BC and then home for the summer. And those two internships became the people that then made a phone call on my behalf to Miami to WQAM to get me my first job. And it's really that simple. It's a relationship business, right? So they neither radio station had anything for me, but both said, yeah, you know, like young kid really wants this, willing to do whatever. And I was a producer. I was not on the air when I first arrived in Miami. I mean, you mentioned Hank Goldberg. Hank was great to me. Um, he was the afternoon drive voice of that station. They needed a producer. So I went down there as the kind of button pushing, call screening, traffic recording, guest booking guy, um, but made no bones about the fact that I wanted to be on the air. And I tell people all the time, A, get the internships. And then B, if you're a kid looking for a gig in our business, just get your foot inside a building. Be around decision makers. Don't be an MP4 file in somebody's email inbox. Be a human being standing in front of another human being saying, I'll do anything. 
This is you work me whenever you want. This is what I want. I want to be on the air. And all of a sudden now they need a weekend shift filled or they need an update shift filled or well, you're there. You're you're a ready made solution. And now you're on the air. And that's really how it all started for me. And I eventually became a talk show host for them and then moved back to New York. And I've never left New York since, whether I've worked for ESPN or worked for WFAN, MSG, the Jets, I've always been here. And, and when did play-by-play -play come into the equation and, and that become the focus? Yeah, I was at FAN from like 95, 96 to like 2000, 2001. And... There were several talk show shakeups of like the regular day parts when I was there. If you would have asked me in in 2000 or 97 or 98, what would I want to do for a living? I would have said I wanted to be, you know, an afternoon drive talk show host screaming and yelling at callers and giving spouting opinions. Which, by the um, way, you fill in for Greeny. We have you on our yeah. station from time to time. So you're still getting a chance to do that. Every now and then I get a chance to spout my opinions. Um, but... The powers that be at WFAN, it was made clear because I just wasn't hired for any of the, the regular day parts as the, the shakeups happened. Um, I kind of changed focus and realized, well, this is never going to happen for me here. I went to MSG, had a passion for hockey, a passion for being at games. And uh, Mike McCarthy, who ran MSG, hired me to be a studio host there, but also said, well, how about an opportunity to fill in doing some play-by-play -play as well. And um, that was kind of the where I, the jumping off point. I was the backup guy for the Rangers doing about 25 or 30 games a year, mostly radio for them. Um, and the jet radio rights also went from WFAN to the garden back then. The gar there was this idea that the garden was gonna buy a radio station, turn it into like WMSG, and have like the Knicks and the Rangers and the Yankees and go head to head with WFAN. Never, it never happened. Eventually, ESPN obviously went head to head with WFAN in New York. But um, you know, when I went to the Garden, the idea was I would do, you know, my a jet role, and I was still a pre and post game host at that point. But eventually, got the play by play job. Um, it fell to me when Howard David moved on to Miami. So I picked up the jet radio job while I was there, but was also already doing play by play of Rangers games, and that was kind of the entree into being mostly now a play-by-play -play guy. Yeah, Bob Washusen's with us. Um, you do the, you are the voice of the Jets, so uh, as you mentioned, football is up, is the king. Uh, what is it like a week getting ready? Can you bring the podcast listeners into, all right, Jets-Eagles this week. I'm saying Eagles because that's our home market. Um, so Jets-Eagles is this week. What's your week like getting ready for that? Well, I would say, I mean, during football season, my week is certainly dominated by football prep, but 80 to 90% of that is the college football prep. I mean, it's just college football is a monster. Right. Um, each team, pardon me, each team has 100 players. 70 of them could get in the game. I mean, you could see a fourth string tailback. You could see a third string safety. I mean, you have no idea how many guys could eventually see the field of the college football game. The cast of characters changes every year. You can have Clemson one year, and Trevor Lawrence is throwing to T. Higgins or tossing a pitch to Travis Etienne, and then you've got Clem uh, Clemson the next year, and it's like, well, that was great last year. I got all these stories about those guys. They're all gone. They're on the NFL. Now I got a whole new bunch of guys that I have to learn. So college football is really the lion's share of what you're going to spend your time on getting ready for because you have to. With the Jets... I mean, A, NFL football is half the number of players get in the game. There's always going to be carryover one year to the next of the guys on the team. I know the Jets like the back of my hand. Probably could do a game without a chart. And I also know who my audience is. I mean, certainly, like, if I'm doing the game on the radio in New York, 95% of the people listening are Jet fans. And really the most dive-in-the-wool Jet fans because they're coming to find the game football on the radio. I mean, football on television, it's kind of appointment TV. You know, so if someone's listening to us on the radio, they're really a Jet fan. Um, and I'm broadcasting like a Jet game to a Jet audience. So do I need to know Jalen Hurts, all the skill position play? I mean, yes, obviously I need to know the Eagles. 
but everything is done through a jet lens. How are the Jets playing? Or if the Eagles are doing A, B, and C, what are the Jets not doing to stop them? That type of thing. So the prep is definitely less because you know a team like the back of your hand, and you also know you're broadcasting to that specific audience. Whereas college football, 125 guys could get in the game, and it's a national broadcast. I have to do literally a 50-50 broadcast to two separate fan bases, and also every other casual fan that might be flipping the the channels and all of a sudden come upon whatever, you know, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. The game's good in the fourth quarter, and they're watching. I like that, Phil. He gave a West Virginia reference. I'm an alum. There you go. Very good. Hey, uh, Bob, back to the scheduling side of things. You know, recently you worked the PGA Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then next thing we know you're on a Stanley Cup playoff game in Edmonton for Flames Oilers. Um, would love to hear kind of how that went for you. But also, you know, perhaps you've got a story as far as college football on Saturday and then hustling back to a Jets game on Sunday. Tell us a little bit, you know, behind the curtain, you know, this, this travel life of yours. Yeah, um, it's interesting is the best way I can put it. <laughs> uh, before I went to Tulsa, it was an unusual way to do the playoffs. Obviously, ESPN and Turner's first entree back into the NHL for us back in and for Turner for the first time. But unlike, pardon me, NBC controlling the NHL as one entity and assigning broadcast crews to a series, we had nights. So ESPN was broadcasting like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, that type of thing. Turner was Thursday night, Friday night, maybe Sunday night. So you couldn't just be assigned to a series, right? Because you couldn't follow that series. Halfway through the series, it was going to shift on a different night to a different network. So in the first round, I did eight games that touched five different series in the first round. So I did game one, Minnesota, St. Louis. And then I flew from Minnesota to Denver and did game one the next night and did Denver, Nashville. Then I flew back to Minnesota and did game two in Minnesota. And we went back and forth like that. I did two of the Ranger Penguins games. I, and we got sent all of a sudden now, you don't, and also you don't know how long series are going to go. So myself and Brian Boucher, who were a team pretty much 75% of the year, all of a sudden, well, wait a minute, Edmonton and Calgary are both playing game sevens in the first round, and they're both on our air. Okay, go there. So that's where we went. We flew to Edmonton and did Edmonton against L.A., and then did Calgary-Dallas game seven. Then the PGA started the day later. So flew to Tulsa from Calgary, did the PGA that week, but then I picked back up with the Calgary-Edmonton series since we had just come from there. Okay, go back to Calgary. All of this is kind of fluid because you're never 100% sure how long these series are going to go or which games are going to fall on which days because, again, we don't control a series. We control the broadcast windows on certain days. So you go to the airport and you get your boarding pass and you go, right? I mean, that's what you do. Like, is it crazy? Sure. And all of a sudden you're going time zone to time zone and country to country, but the viewer doesn't care. Right? The sports fan doesn't care. They flip the game on. They hear your voice. The game's on TV. Great. Go. Yeah. I tuned in for a hockey game. I don't care if you were a golf trailer calling golf two days ago. Right? I, I, I want to watch game seven. And so, you know, nobody wants to hear us complain about our jobs. I mean, the, the hard part to travel, the hard part's being away from your family. But, uh, but other than that, I mean, we get paid to go to games for a living. How bad could things be? Uh, Bob Wischusen's the voice of the Jets, college basketball, college football, the NHL on ESPN, uh, PGA. Uh, you can hear him essentially everywhere. And as you mentioned, you might never uh, know that they're traveling all over the place. And as you opened it, we'll do like a Seinfeld episode. We'll go back to the beginning here. You do have a great family uh, that uh, you travel around from. And so we appreciate you taking a couple of minutes away from your family to talk to us and all your preparation and everything that is happening. Uh, I guess you got a little time off now. Yeah, uh, June, July, and August are good months for me. I'll have jet preseason games in August, and there'll be things here and there. But for you the still most doing part, those games with Anthony Becht? Is he doing the the jet stuff? 
he has worked on our pre and post game shows. It's been Mar Marty Lyons and myself for this will be 21 years. Wow, there you go. That he and I will have been together, and we were paired together as a new team in 2002, and now it's 2022, so our 21st year together uh, this coming season, and we've been uninterrupted the whole time. So, yeah, he and I are uh, kind of attached at the hip. If you had to pick one, which sport would it be? Well, you know, I think any broadcaster worth his salt wants to call the biggest and best that you can call. So, like, my dream would be to actually take a sport all the way through to a championship, right? To be the last voice that fans hear announcing X, Y, and Z just won the title. So, if someday I had a chance to call the Super Bowl, I would absolutely pick football. If someday I had a chance to call the Stanley Cup Finals, I would absolutely pick hockey. I mean, it's, you know, I, I would like to at some point have the chance to be, you know, game seven or the last championship game of a sport where, you know, you kind of feel like you're at the center of the sports universe that everyone's watching. Um, and, like, I, I, I enjoy them all. I mean, it, you know, it's not like I'm ever in a hockey booth saying, oh, I wish I was calling a football game. Or I'm in a football game going, oh, man, college basketball is great. And when you're in the moment at, at any sporting event, um, because I grew up as a psychopathic sports fan at everything. I mean, I, whatever season, whatever the big games that were on, I watched all of it. Um, I don't call baseball. If I was a baseball announcer, I'd probably get divorced because, <laughs> like, I would literally never see my family. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean I'm not watching baseball all summer because I'm just a fan of sports. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not like you, I would have to pick one over the other because I like a certain sport more than any other. Um, it would just be fun to be the guy that, that caps a season at some point. Uh, the versatile Bob Wischusen. His voice is everywhere. The voice of the Jets, PGA, college basketball, ESPN. Uh, we thank you for taking the time here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. And, Bob, we appreciate the time, and we'll be listening to uh, all of the different events that your voice will appear on. Thank you so much. Thanks, appreciate Bob. It. No problem. Thanks. All right. That's Bob Wischusen here and uh, he was kind enough to join us on the announcer's schedule podcast. There we go. Great stories from Bob, the versatile Bob with shoes. And um, as he said, I was here, there, here. Sometimes you don't even recognize that you're listening to this guy on golf the next day on hockey, and he's getting ready for something else behind the scenes. A uh, busy life. Uh, we just brought you into how busy a life the announcers can have. Yeah, versatility, no doubt about it. And, you know, not just uh, the travel to make sure you make all those assignments, but being able to switch gears, you know, and, and, and call these different sports and in different teams. And, you know, I, you know, he talked about the preparation and, and that's kind of thing. But, you know, certainly uh, takes a lot, you know, to pull all that off. And Bob's one of the best in the business. Uh, so we'll end. Why don't we end with a Bob call? Uh, from the NHL playoffs. I've got one here for you. I loaded that up, Phil. Bob Wischusen, uh the opening goal of an NHL playoff game. We'll sample our listeners. Here we go. Perron, one touch O'Reilly. Oh, next save me. The rebound. Score! It's Perron on the power play with one second left in the St. Louis man advantage. And the Blues have the early lead. Uh, there you go. That's Bob Wischusen. That was our guest here on the announcer schedule podcast. Uh, there's his call on ESPN. We thank him. Phil, do we have any news, nuggets, anything we want to end with, or do we think we've uh, had our fill of some great stories this week? Yeah, I, I think we got most everything. Uh, just a couple other final little nuggets. I was able to look up Ryan Radke. Uh, he was most recently on the Women's College World Series, the Softball National Championships, Texas, Oklahoma on Westwood One. So great work there from Ryan Radke. Also, one other uh, milestone just wanted to mention, Steve Stone, uh, there was a bit of a celebration um, up in Chicago, the White Sox broadcaster, 40th anniversary of his broadcasting career and kind of an interesting background. He started broadcasting just five days after he retired as a player. He retired on June 2nd, 1982. Five days later, he was in one of the most you know, noteworthy booths in, in baseball broadcasting history, ABC's Monday Night Baseball. Wow. Uh, Al Michaels, play-by-play, -play, uh, guys like Bob Euchre contributed to that, Don Drysdale. But Stone, like, immediately 
you know, went into the booth, sort of kind of what we're seeing and kind of brings us full circle with some of these NFL hires, guys, you know, coming straight off the field into these big roles. But, you know, just wanted to, you know, recognize Steve Stone and great celebration up in Chicago this week as far as his anniversary. And one last one, Bob Hards, if you don't know that name, uh, he has been calling games for 31 years for the Midland Rockhounds double a affiliate of the oakland a's in the texas league bob hards uh, was able to make his mlb broadcasting debut on athletics radio uh, really a cool story there where you know the athletics you know uh, due to some shifting personnel and, and whatnot were able to bring bob um, onto that radio call in atlanta and uh yeah 31 years calling the same team down in texas and able to get that MLB debut and you know a, a lot of uh, great recognition for Bob and looked like it was a thrill of a lifetime for him. What a cool story! Yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. And uh, man, to make to, to keep doing it for 31 years. I, I mean, I don't know what Bob's getting paid, but typically that's a tough life to be uh, to keep going 31 years like that. So my hats off to him. By the way, one note that I noticed uh, it was uh, Michael Jordan this week hit the shot against Byron Russell that was called by, do you remember, Phil? Bob Costas. There you go. Bob Costas doing the NBA Finals. Uh, I it almost I didn't even remember it when I heard it. I said, was that Bob Costas? I was young at the time, but Bob Costas on the call, NBA Finals, Mike Breen is back. So where we start it, we will end uh, this week here. Don't forget our Sports Media Watch podcast feed, George Hoffman's Tell me a story I don't know. Tremendous storytelling. Uh, TJ Reeves and John Lewis, Sports Media Watch. John is kind of the grand poobah of the whole feed. Uh, they have their new pod uh, dropped on Wednesday. Ton of great nuggets in there. Kind of sports ratings, business, announcers, schedules here on Thursday. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so, for Phil, I'm Mike. We thank Bob with Shoes In, and the announcer schedule podcast is in the books for this week. We'll be back next week. Rate, review, subscribe, and we'll talk to you here on the announcer schedules podcast. Have a great week, everybody. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.